Hello, this is Joe, the Connection Counselor, and today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Okay, we're going to start out a little bit differently today for this episode. I want you to pause and take a second to think about what food immediately brings you back to your childhood, fond memories of that food. And by childhood, I mean, you know, kind of younger, not high school, but more elementary school, right? Is it a particular cereal or is it bagels? Uh, could it be a certain stew, uh, you know, that the grown-ups in your life made? What is that thing that really brings you back to feeling kind of taken care of and nurtured and nourished? And there's a reason why I'm asking this question, and you'll understand by the end of this episode, but I just want you to pause and take a second and reflect back and, and have a happy memory just for a second what that is. Okay, great. Well, today we're going to talk about something that may seem a little bit obvious in terms of executive presence, but we're going to go a little bit deeper beyond the obvious, and that is height and executive presence. The obvious part of it is I think most people would agree that taller people have an advantage when it comes to executive presence. If you think about a lot of leaders that you know, um, whether it's a corporate thing, a political thing, an organizational thing, a governmental thing, generally they skew towards being not super duper tall, but on the taller side, right? You can't really think of too many super short leaders across an organization, that would probably be um, a little bit more rare uh, for you to have experienced that. So that's the obvious part. Why is that? And it's pretty interesting. I recently interviewed Claudia Romo Edelman. Um, she's the CEO of this great organization called We Are All Human. Uh, and she tells this great story during the podcast that I interviewed her for, C-Suite. Uh, which is a podcast I do for uh, Alpha, uh, the Association of Latino Professionals for America. And she's one of the executives that we like to interview uh, to share kind of with the upcoming uh, executives and professionals lessons learned. And one really fascinating thing that she shared was that she was really tall from a young age. I think she said when she was 14, she was already six feet tall, which is tall for a woman, and she's Mexican as well. So it was pretty rare. And I imagine that made her feel like she stood out, maybe not necessarily in a great way, especially when you're 14 and you don't have the confidence yet. And her dad did this really sweet thing, which he showed her or told her about a Yale study that basically said that the most, um, one of the most uh, important predictors of you know, leadership and success uh, was not money, was not intelligence. What do you think it was? It was height, right? <laughs> so that was like a, you know, and she wasn't sure whether her dad was just saying that to make her feel better. And then later she shared she actually did get a chance to go to Yale uh, and, and meet some professors and ask them, you know, during a leadership seminar about that. Is that actually true? And they said, yes, that is actually true. A height has an outsized kind of impact um, on your success as a leader. So why, why is that, right? Is it just that tall people are better? I mean, there's got to be a reason 
why this is true and why we all intuitively can kind of nod our heads and say, yeah, that makes total sense. So to go a little bit deeper, um, it's the power of belief, right? It's the power of expectation that someone who is tall or taller will be a good leader. But let's go even deeper. Why is that? Why tall, not short? Right? Why isn't it some other quality like having long hair that makes us think, wow, this must be a good leader? So to go really deep, but it's kind of a simple thing. Think about your experience as a child and the grown-ups who raised you, taught you, took care of you. What was their height in comparison to yours for most of your life? What was their stature? Right? In most cases, for a lot of your lives, they're going to be much taller than you. So, which way is your head going to be adjusted or angled when you're talking to them and when they're helping you and teaching you? Right? You're going to be looking up. So, your chin's going to be lifted up and you're going to be angled looking up at them. So, it's not too much of a stretch to understand that that sort of positioning, which we've been conditioned for our entire lives for the most part, that people who are physically in stature above us are our leaders. They're our teachers. They're the ones who take care of us. They're the ones who hopefully are competent to take care of our needs. So that programming or that habituation, however you want to think about it, can easily translate into an expectation, not deserve it at all, but an expectation that others, even when we're full grown and even when we're six feet tall, that others who are tall or taller than us, we expect them, we give them the benefit of the doubt to be a better leader, even if it's not conscious. And I would argue the unconscious biases, the unconscious benefits that we give people are much more powerful than the ones that we consciously do. Because we can always outthink ourselves or come up with excuses or ignore our conscious thinking. Unconsciously, not so much, right? Try to undo an unconscious belief about yourself. It is like weeding the worst weed ever. It is so, so difficult. Even with help from a psychologist or psychiatrist, friends, supportive family, spouse, partner, does not matter. That unconscious belief is very hard to change. So, what can you do? Let's say you're like me and you're barely 5'7", right? Am I supposed to walk around wearing stilts or lifts? Am I always supposed to try to talk from a podium? Is any of that really something that I should aspire to or is even practical? What if I'm in a wheelchair, right? And it's not really as easily possible for me to ever be taller than the people that I'm leading. The important thing here is not to try to trick people into have executive presence or to be taller just because um, it does confer uh, this sort of advantage. The key is to understand why it works and to understand that it exists, and then figure out what's appropriate for you to do in that situation. And one thing I'd like to share, and I'm not going to go over, I'm I, I really not a big fan of like 
checklists of hacks of things to do for executive presence. Um, so I'm not going to tell you, you know, move your monitor here or stand here and make everyone look up at you like you're the dear leader or something. Um, that's um, not sort of my way of teaching these principles. But what I will share is stature is more than physical, right? What is your stature, both physical as well as organizational, in terms of when you meet people? And how can you ensure that your stature is of the kind that people recognize as that of a leader? Are you leading any initiatives or any organizations? Do other leaders know you and talk highly about you? It's not just about physical stature, it's about the principle that we recognize certain characteristics as being inherent in leaders and to not fake, but to leverage, to understand, and to maximize those that you have, and if you don't have any, to think about and self-reflect on why you don't have any and what you can do to get more. So for today, as you go through the day and as you come across other leaders and as you come across people who see you as a leader, reflect on your stature and what it means and what it can do to contribute to your executive presence. Thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. My name is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you'd like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsor. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks, John, so much for that wonderful, warm message. I really, really appreciate it. Now, it got me thinking, since you are the personal branding guy, how does executive presence connect to personal branding? And what is their intersection, and how is personal branding important for executive presence? Thanks for listening. Can't wait to share the rest of the episode with you. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence Morsel.